You are now in the Reality Capture Network. Welcome to the Reality Capture Podcast. And today we have another guest with us in the land surveying world. Uh, we're going to welcome Jocelyn. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. So today we are going to be focusing a bit on the land surveying industry. We're going to get into talking about some new technologies and maybe a specific focus on UAVs and drones. Um, but let's start out with introducing you. We like to let people kind of give us a little story so that the listeners and people watching can get to know a little bit about you. Where are you from and how did you get into the industry you're in? Sure. Um, so I've been in California my whole life, um, mainly Central California. Um, I actually started in architecture. Uh, ah. I, I took some architecture classes in community college. I was working for a local designer um, in the early 2000s, and I loved it. Um, but then during, uh, I guess, the boom for the, the crash, right, mm -hmm. um, we were doing a lot of apartments. Yeah. And I, I couldn't just keep changing the elevations every day, just, <laughs> you know, using the same floor, floor plans over and over again. So I decided to make a change. Um, I had taken uh, AutoCAD classes in high school and then in college. Um, I had used AutoCAD daily for years. And so I just thought, you know, I'll work anywhere that wants to use AutoCAD. Um, and I actually landed in the assessor's office at um, one, of our, one of our local counties drafting um, cadastral maps. Mm -hmm. um, so APN maps, tracking property, that sort of thing. Um, again, kind of like Lancer and there's just not a whole lot of people doing that. There's a couple positions in each county in the assessor's office. Um, so kind of a, a unique position, um, learned a whole lot about property law, um, boundaries. So the land surveying basics really. Yeah. Um, and then eventually transferred over to my local county. Um, worked there for quite a few years and, you know, that, that's really what started my love for land today. Okay. Um, and then five years ago I joined QK, um, had an amazing set of mentors that, um, really helped me grow and develop and train me up in my weaker areas. Um, and it's just, it's been great. Yeah. And where, um, for those who don't know your company, uh, what, what all does uh, QK do and what's your uh, geographic area you guys cover? Right. So QK, um, we have offices from uh, the north in uh, Merced all the way down to Bakersfield. Um, so mainly central California, but from Merced, we can branch out into parts of northern California. From Bakersfield, we can you know branch out further south. Yeah. So it's... It's it's it makes it easier to reach most parts of California. Yeah. Um, and we do everything from biology, uh, construction monitoring, planning, land surveying, civil engineering. Basically, we can take a project start to finish as much as possible. Awesome, awesome. So maybe we can get into what your specific role is now and kind of some of your personal focus. Yeah. Um, I am an associate surveyor in our Visalia office. Um, I was hoping to, to say that I took the state exam in April and passed, but um, that's been canceled. Yeah. 
We're planning to sit in October now. Okay. Um, so eventually my role will be, um, you know, land surveyor for our Visalia office. Okay. Um, right now I'm working with the land survey, licensed land surveyors in our other offices to cover um, our Visalia area, Visalia and Porterville area. Um, but that's my main focus. Um, we, you know, all our land surveyors do quite a bit of project management too. Um, and then specifically, our UAV program has been um, a big part of the last few years at QK. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to jump in and talk a little bit about um, when you guys got into new technology, you know, kind of hearing what the current stage is. Are you mm -hmm. guys still in the, uh, you know, exploring trialing stage? Are you fully utilizing it in different jobs? Um, yeah, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I don't think the exploring stage ever ends. Ever ends. Yeah, nope. <laughs> not, not with a new Good technology. answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, we started um, back in, sorry, I'm probably getting some background noise. Totally um, fine. We started researching in mid to uh, maybe early 16, um, okay. right before, you know, part 107 um, mm -hmm. came out. But, um, we really focused on how we could use the technology first. Um, we didn't focus on getting pilots on staff, um, training pilots necessarily. Uh, right away, we got a contract pilot. Mm -hmm. um, and our, our main focus for probably the first year to year and a half was really just how can we use the data? How can we control it? Um, what is our, our target layout going to look like for different types of jobs? Um, how do we get the best vertical accuracy possible? Uh, what does that look like as far as sensor? You know, what, what sensor are we going to choose for which certain jobs? And, yeah. Um, just a lot of R&D on um, how to use the data appropriately um, and make sure we're getting the best from it. Yeah. Um, luckily, our, our senior management team was very quick to adopt um, and want to push the technology forward, want to see it incorporated into our construction management, our biology practice. Um, and then it was just finding the right staff to help move that forward. Yeah. I don't think any of us thought that, oh, I'm going to, you know, use a UAV in my job. If you would have told me that five years ago, I would have, I would have laughed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. something I ever intended to get into. Um, and I don't think most people, you know, had that goal five years ago. Yeah. Um, not in a, a land surveying company at least. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's been, it's been a fun, a fun yeah. journey, a, a big learning curve for sure. Yeah. What do you, maybe we could even talk a little bit about survey industry in general. We'll get back to the UAV part, but um, part of what you're talking about is your management being uh, excited to adopt new technology. Uh, you know, I, I also came from a land survey background and working mm -hmm. in a couple firms and um, and just understanding the survey industry in a whole. A lot of people don't even know what surveyors really do. Right. Um, a lot of people have some stereotypical thoughts of surveyors being kind of sticking to old ways. Yeah. Um, it, when we think about the new technology, uh, there's a couple other topics that come up like do licensed land sur surveyors have to be the people doing UAV type work or laser scanning work or anything that, mm -hmm. you know, where's that line drawn? And, yeah. and I think, uh, 
I think sometimes the difficulty is there's so many survey firms that have been really slow to adoption, um, kind of almost forcing other people to get into it because they know they want the technology. Um, and, and it seems like the survey industry, um, you know, when we look at how many new faces are coming up in survey versus how many are retiring off, I think across most of the states, that's even a statistic that's, uh, it it's almost hard. looks like it's down, going down. Um, yeah. What do you think about some of, some of that, like the industry in whole? Yeah, you know, I'm hoping the new technology and the younger generation seeing us adopt new technologies um, is going to encourage more people to get involved. Um, you know, knowing that hey, I can I can use a drone um, might be appealing to some of you know the the younger generation coming up. Um, and it might make it more appealing. At yeah. the same time, I mean, it's it's definitely a disruptive technology. It's disruptive in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, getting getting people to accept it and not feel like it's taking work away from our field guides. Yeah. Um, it's our senior management really pushed, and you know, this is another tool for our surveyors. Yeah. It's not ever going to come close to replacing our surveyors. Yeah. Um, it's, and it is best in their hands as yep. opposed to, you know, somebody unlicensed or, um, yeah. that just knows how to fly. Right. It's, it's a different way of looking at it. Um, but I, the, the numbers as far as new surveyors coming on board, um, going through college, that sort of thing. It's scary that yeah, the, the retirement rate is much higher than, the graduation rate yeah and then the the testing rates even lower than that yeah um so i've seen a lot of uh again the younger generation the newer surveyors um getting very active on linkedin on instagram even mm -hmm. just sharing what they're doing sharing cool pictures from the day yeah. um i think little bits like that will help um get a, another generation interested Yep. And um, the more we just get out there and explain what we're doing and share our passion, I think the the better it's going to get. Yeah. Lens yeah. are kind of a quiet, reclusive bunch. Yep. Um, but very, very important. And you know, we we've seen you know issues where uh, a lot of people don't even know what survey is. They don't know why they would need it. And then, I, then you have people selling new technology like drones, like, mm -hmm. you know, they don't, they don't, sometimes they don't even educate on why you might need ground control or what, you know, how important that might be to your accuracy. Yeah. So some people go out and drive over to Best Buy and buy a $900 drone and, and think they can map this big project. And they're like, yeah, you know, they, they said yeah. we can do it. You press a button, it spits out data. Um, but then you run into issues finding out, oh, your data's like it's all curving and the elevations are off because, yeah. you know, you didn't even know that you needed survey. Um, and, and that's that's really we've seen that with multiple technologies, with laser scanning data, with drones, any, any of those technologies. There are ways to use them in small amounts without survey control. Completely mm -hmm. fine. But there's a lot of times that it's one of the most important aspects of of a project. Right. Um, we, we've seen a lot of the same things you're mentioning too. Um, and even I, I get a little frustrated with some of the, uh, software companies that don't mention like, Hey, this is covered by the PLS act. What this map you're creating, these points you're exporting, um, contour lines, that sort of thing. Like they don't say that 
this this action our software is allowing you to do is protected in a way by the PLS Act. Only certain engineers and land surveyors are able to to yeah. deliver this type of product. Um, on the same you know the same coin, if you will, it's it's marketing. They they want to sell their product, so yep. it doesn't benefit them to uh, educate people in that way. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where the land surveyors come in, um, and we need to be one adopting it so that people mm-hmm. can use that technology and it's available to them. Um, but to providing that education of, Hey, it's best in our hands and this is why. Yeah. Um, and showing just, you know, how, how, uh, getting a vertical date on wrong can drastically alter yeah. a project. Not always yeah. for the better. Yeah. And I, I do like, like you mentioned, you guys did trialing beforehand. We've also seen a lot of firms, even survey firms, um, that maybe jumped into a technology too quick. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yes, so many of the hardware software people are, are just pushing sales. They don't even educate you on the fact that, you know, I'll take laser scanning. That's a big focus for ours. You know, Uh if, if you take laser scanning and you do a, two mile long roadway, they don't educate you that you need survey control integrated there. You know, right. they're, they're like the cert, the scan will tie it all together by itself. Or, or even it's if you, <laughs> even if you use targets, it'll tie it together. Eat, you know, no matter what your practice is in how you control scans, if you don't end up integrating some control, you're not, you're going to be off. And the right. fact, the fact that most people don't even know that is, uh, it's, very scary and it's difficult and you see so many projects go bad and then it feeds back to some of the initial issue of a client tries a a new technology or a process once they accidentally did it wrong because they didn't know and now they now they had a bad experience and don't trust the technology when it really comes down to making sure that if you're going to provide it you trial you go through a workflow you understand how to control it and that's that's one of our goals even with this podcast is educating people on when is that important? When is it not important? You know, there, I think there's certain levels of the technology that, um, you know, certain people can do and you don't need survey control. If you're going to, you know, map a little stockpile to get a rough volume, if you're going to do big sites, you still really need it. If, uh, you know, if you're going to laser scan a small interior building space, like a house, you know, you can register that properly without survey control. Um, but that's not the majority of the use cases for the technology either. Right, right. <laughs> that's such a small amount of, you know, I haven't seen one job come through our office where I thought, oh, we could have done this without survey control. Um, I, I'm not saying they're not out there, but mm-hmm. it's it's not been the norm for sure. Yeah. Um, and we actually had a, a large project, a drainage study that we were um, working with a client that and they had access to drones. Um, they had actually flown other jobs and didn't like the results. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was within their internal staff. Yeah. They came in and said, we're going to help you with this drainage study. Um, and hey, we want to fly it. And they're like, ah, it didn't work so good. We mm-hmm. tried it on other job. And we, we you know, reassured them, like, we're going to, these are the ways we're going to control it. This is how we're going to make sure it works. Um, and it was kind of like a, okay, we'll see. They were still skeptical. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, when we were finally able to deliver the product, um, we had a civil engineer actually tell us that we changed his mind um, as it relates to UAV and accuracy. And 
I think everybody would agree it's really hard to change a civil engineer's mind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, that's so awesome. It, it was a yeah. It was a really awesome moment, um, and it just kind of it it bolstered or justified, I guess, um, would be a better word for how much time we spent in the beginning focusing on control, focusing on choosing the right sensor, um, limiting when we'd fly and under what conditions, just to make sure we could control the data as much as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people have used that uh, term like crap in, you get crap out, right? Like if you don't have good images, you're never going to get a good 3D model. Yeah. Um, so it just, it, it definitely reaffirmed that we had done it the right way um, mm -hmm. and how critical that control is. And yeah. you mentioned uh, target layout and, and ground control being critical for a, a product or a, a good project. Um, but we've actually seen that some of our, our surveyors out there setting the control need to have that understanding of what makes good ground control. Sometimes they get out on site and there's an unexpected ponding basin or, you know, water in different locations than we were looking at when we were planning our target layout in Google Earth or something. Mm -hmm. And so they need to be able to either decide when it's appropriate to call the land surveyor in charge and say, hey, I need to change this target layout. Where should I put it instead? Um, or whether they can just proceed. So it's not just the land surveyor understanding target control. It's also our field crews yeah. and then the people using that data to post-process. Yeah, I think that's probably, yeah, that's a good point. And I think that comes down to really the implementation of any new technology in any business. The, mm -hmm. the best approach is to educate the whole company, you know, right. buy off, buy off from the type to move forward with pursuing it. Um, the understanding from the people that really know what deliverable you want to try to get out of it and then educating the people in the field so they can make those changes or adjustments if needed. Um, right. And, you know, they everybody becomes a voice for the company. Everybody becomes talking points. You know, if you're out on site and somebody asks you about, you know, can you guys do this thing? You know, it's good to have that understanding of, oh, yeah, we could do that with a UAV because we can map versus, uh, you right. know, only only select people know the technology. Um, because, you know, sometimes once you bring all of that thought process together, that's when you come up with ideas nobody really thought of, because maybe the guy in the field has a different perspective than the guy in the office who knows the details of the technology. Yeah, I, I had told um, well, quite a few people on our staff, and I think I've said it in every, we do lunch and learns to, you know, show the rest of our staff what we're doing with the technology mm -hmm. and how it's been incorporated in different areas. Um, and I keep saying, like, Yes, I know drones. I know how to, you know, fly a project. I know how to set it up correctly. But I need you guys to come to us with ideas of how to use it, um, because there's just no way I can think of every possible way we could. Yeah, it's it's such a, a valuable tool um, that we need those other people thinking of ideas on how it can make their their work easier and how it can complement their deliverables. Yeah. So. Um... And you don't have to get too detailed here. You know, uh, don't want to give away any special <laughs> secrets or anything. But um, what are some? You know, I'm sure at this point you guys have played with it long enough. You're you're finding different things to trial or different use cases or projects. Um, you know, what are some of the successful ways that you're currently implementing it on jobs and and utilizing it 
and or are there any that you've maybe tried that you're like that's not quite a good application for or something? <laughs> yeah um we're using it a lot of this just to extract topo for um land development projects yep um but we are flying every new survey job um even if it's just for a background image and we're not extracting any mm -hmm. vertical data from it um that picture behind uh, a lotland adjustment exhibit so you can show fence lines or something like that that's the picture speaks to our clients yeah. so much better than you know our our planimetric topos do yep um so that's i think that one of the best scenarios and it's it's so easy for those jobs because you're not setting a ton of ground control points yeah we are still setting some but not yeah. not like we would on a, a job where we need vertical data yeah um we I've seen it work wonderfully on um, a new subdivision, a, a subdivision that was being um, resurrected, if you will. It had gone dormant after mm -hmm. the crash um, and a, a new developer picked it up. They wanted to figure out where they needed retaining walls between lots because the whole site was terrace. Yeah. Um, so we flew it uh, and had, I think, within 24 hours, a, a 3D model for them to start planning on where these retaining walls needed to go so that yeah. they can maximize their, their lot sizes. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just, it really depends on site conditions. Mm -hmm. That was all dirt. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't be able to do the same thing if there was vegetation over the, the whole site. Yeah. Um, so there's understanding when a UAV is appropriate and when it's not. Yeah. Even if you're trying to get the same deliverable, site conditions might, might make it um, unflyable. Yeah. So having having that understanding has been critical for good results too. Yep. Yep. Um, we've done a couple drainage studies lately um, on pretty large scale. Um, that has been, I think, saved a lot of field time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm also seeing good feedback from our crews, uh, not having to go out in the road to collect striping information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just being able to fly that. They're still out on the road to, you know, get our, our boundary control. They're mm -hmm. still dipping the manholes. You're mm -hmm. never going to get away from that. But keeping them out of the road and they don't have to go and get that, yeah. you know, turn arrow and yeah. that sort of stuff. It's, it's helped a lot. Yeah. We've, uh, that's one of the, honestly, when I'm teaching someone about laser scanning for the first time, that's one of the examples I use every single time when I talk about safety. I'm like, you know, we talk about industrial sites and we talk about limiting exposure, but I always bring up, or you think about surveying and guys out in the middle of the road taking shots, yeah. you know, whether it's drone or laser scanning, being mm -hmm. able to find dangerous scenarios or, you know, risky intersections that it's really hard to shut down or it's going to take yes. a long time to get permits standing on the sidewalk and doing laser scanning to capture that data or doing drone flights. There's there's so many improvements from new technology on top of the beautiful innovative data, the picture behind right. your old kind of ugly 2D drawing. Oops. Uh, <laughs> you know, it it the data is so visually appealing. People that don't know how to read drawings can look at a point cloud or a picture and know what they're looking at. You can right. still have the other data there for the people who need the measurements. And um, but then the safety aspect, the training material you can create, the marketing material you get. I mean, yeah. there's 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 seven use cases for every technical project <laughs> you work on, um, you know, and of course, even on the survey side, 
you know, when we when we've used scanning or drones on some detailed sites, you know, you can always go in and draft some new data or extract some points from the point cloud versus having to drive back because you're out there topoing and you forgot yeah. to shoot the corner of this box or <laughs> right. uh, you get so much incidental data. Right. There's um, a, a perfect example of that, not having to go back out. Um, we had flown a well site um, and the, I mean, the pipe networks on, on those sites are oh, so yeah. complex and our survey crews need to have a good understanding of what all the pieces are so they can note it in our, you know, our data collectors correctly. Um, but then having the images where somebody says, no, I, I think that's a, you know, whatever type of mm -hmm. joint or valve and our crews had labeled it as something different. Yeah. We didn't have to go back out to verify because we had the images. We could pull it up and it was, it was just clear as day. Yeah. Um, you know, what type of valve that was. Yeah. Um, so not having to go back out. Also, um, we've kind of made it practice that we also, we always control and fly a little bit of extra area around the project yeah. when we're able. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to get onto a neighbor's property or something. Yep. Um, but that has saved us so yeah. many repeat visits to the site because it's like, oh, I wish we would have just had 10 more feet. Mm -hmm. We can go back and say, oh, look, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> yep. can just extract that. <laughs> yeah, the extra data out of out of the new ways to capture is is awesome. What yeah. about um, what about maybe a couple challenges that come to the top of your head with implementing uh, UAV processes? Anywhere from challenges with the hardware and the capturing mm -hmm. to processing time to computers to data. What are some things yeah. that pop up? Um, data size and processing time has definitely been some of our, our biggest challenges. Um, but right out of the gate, um, our biggest hurdle, I think, as a, a company was to make our point clouds simple enough for the engineers to use and yeah. not be just totally bogged down with uh, the size of these point clouds. Mm -hmm. So finding software that would let us extract only the features we needed to and take yep. that into CAD, have it look like one of our traditional topos that we've been producing for years. Um, so that way it wasn't a huge shock to the system of now I have to relearn how to draft because it's a UAV topo. Yeah. We didn't want to have that distinction. Mm -hmm. um, we just wanted the engineers to see good data, good survey data, whether it came from a UAV or a traditional field yeah. view. So spending the time to make sure that workflow was seamless um, took a lot of time and a lot of trial and error, kind of, you know, figuring yeah. out the right pieces to yeah. make it work. Um, and then from a planning side, um, looking at a 4,000 acre site and figuring out how do I set control um, to allow us to break it into pieces to post-process but then be able to seamlessly put it all back together yeah. um, at the end. And that workflow um, definitely uh, pushed our limits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think uh, data size and processing and I, yeah, these are all the same challenges I think everybody faces. Um, right. I do, want, I do want to ask one more uh, before I forget it. Um, so when you're also talking about uh, taking the data and creating a usable drawing or, you know, simplifying it back to what you needed. Um, I'm sure that that journey has been changing over time, yeah. researching new softwares, figuring out processes. Um, just out of curiosity, 
have you gotten it to the point that you guys have quite a few people who can actually take that data and do it? Or do you kind of have like a focused team who creates those and then gives them out to people or what's your. Right. Yeah, we, we definitely have a focused team. Um, at first we were trying to make that focus team also our field crews because our field crews are our pilot. Yeah. Um, most of the time we have some biologists and, uh, you know, different staff that's maybe not on a field crew all the time. Um, but our goal was for the field staff to go out and set control, fly the mission, bring it back post-process, draft it, and then hand it off to the engineers. Um, but we were learning real fast that we can't have them in the office during our busy season yeah. because they're needed in the field. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of revised and our field staff, some of our field staff is trained to do the post-processing and feature extraction. Um, and then we have some drafters that are used to drafting topos. And mm -hmm. so they do the feature extraction. Um, it's just that field experience of understanding oh, yeah. what you would have collected in the field translates so nicely into our, our feature extraction software Yeah. that, you know, you, if you were to hand it off to somebody that's never been in the field before they struggle with, where would I, where would a survey crew take this shot? Yeah. Um, where would they mark edge of pavement? Where would, yeah. you know, it's, it's a different understanding. Yeah. Just I, I, side. I think almost even more so because you have more data, mm -hmm. like, you know, if you are, if you've been a drafter, who's been so used to conventional survey of, I have, I have these three points labeled this and that's the line. Now you, now you, now you have, now, now you have all this data and you're like, wait, where, <laughs> like, yeah. where's my simple well, points to just connect? You yeah. know, now I have to actually get in and choose the exact spot that I'm drafting from and right. yeah that's a very different uh different approach it, it makes sense for our, our field guys understand it great um but you know it's just yeah. keeping keeping them in the office to do that drafting isn't always yeah. uh best case scenario you know yeah yeah they're in slow season so it's wonderful to have or you know rainy days when they get rained out yeah, definitely. They're still able to be utilized in the office and, and um, do that sort of drafting task mm -hmm. um, and keep our projects moving forward. Yeah. Even though they can't be out in the field. That's awesome. Have you um, have you guys found any, uh, you know, trialing out any UAV uh, services apart from kind of integrating for survey mapping, like doing, you know, stockpile analysis or some type of visual inspection or anything like that? Or is it mostly... Survey um, service integration. It's mostly survey service integrated. Um, and I think that's been beneficial because mm -hmm. um, we don't have, we, we originally talked about, um, you know, maybe sending our data off and giving them our ground control and, you know, having somebody else post process it mm -hmm. or, or do feature extraction. But our surveyors, since, I mean, it's their stamp going on the project that they want to have it in their hands. They want to oversee the data. Yeah. Um, it's just a, it, it makes QAQC easier because yeah. you don't have to figure out what steps it went through. Yep. Um, most of the time, other than, you know, this working from home scenario, um, our drafters are very close to our, our licensed surveyors. So they can walk in if they have a question and yeah. say, Hey, come look at this with yep. me. I'm seeing something weird. Yeah. Um, you can't beat that interaction mm -hmm. and that level of comfort when you know it's time for them to actually put their stamp on it. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, what about what, you know, I know we've talked a lot about UAV. I'm not actually even sure what else uh, technology wise you guys might integrate with, or have you gotten into any laser scanning or, you know, looking at like virtual reality with models or anything or? We, we haven't touched virtual reality yet. We do have scanning capabilities on some of our total stations. Okay. Um, and I think as our staff has gotten a higher level of comfort with the point clouds from our, our UAV work, um, we're going to see more of that. Yeah. Um, at first, I think the point clouds were overwhelming and intimidating. Um, I mean, I know that's how I felt when I first started looking at our, our yep. first few UAV flights. Yep. But, yep. Um, so I, I see us branching out um, into the, the scanning area next. Mm -hmm. um, virtual reality looks amazing. Um, <laughs> There's, there's so many times where it's like, man, I wish I could just deliver this whole site to the yeah. client and just kind of going back and touching on that file side. There's just some limitations. I mean, even if we can deliver it to them, it doesn't mean our clients can use it. Yep. Um, so finding, uh, finding services or, you know, as technology, I think develops mm -hmm. for uh, sharing that type of stuff. It's, it's going to get better. I picture more people, um, being open to it and using yep. it. Um, right now it's kind of like we show our clients what we could do with it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. But then using it as another. Yeah. Step. Yeah. Yeah. I think overall, as far as all these new technologies go, I think we're still, even though they've been around for a while now, I think we're still at the beginning. I, I think there's so yeah. much room for further integration in so many industries. Um, I mean, Absolutely. we we've been doing laser scanning for a long time now, even through several companies. And and it's still to the point that if you randomly pick up the phone and call a survey company or an engineer or an architect, like they may or may not. Do I it. mean, 75% yeah. of the time they'll say like, we're definitely not using that yet. You know, uh -huh. maybe half of them have heard of laser scanning, but they don't know the details. They don't know how it works. They don't know the right. data. But once you start integrating these technologies, just like you guys have found with UAV, once you start integrating laser scanning or UAV, or you find that, oh man, the benefits that come from it, the deliverables that come from it, the time savings, there's such huge improvement. It's that first hurdle, I think, of educating the client why the new technology works or is beneficial, trying it out for the first time, and then they get sold and they that's almost all they want um, right. because it's so so useful. So yeah, I think, uh, that's a, a fun hurdle to get over those the education <laughs> part. Yeah. We've, we've, uh, actually had some clients who think they want, um, a UAV point cloud, for example. And I don't want to say we've talked them out of it, but educating them on why it would be better for a, a laser scanner or LIDAR mm -hmm. or you know, something else, um, you know, one of them was a, a complicated dam face that mm -hmm. was uh, mostly in shadow, just based off its natural orientation. There was some vegetation, tall trees in front of portions of it mm -hmm. that, I mean, even if we were to do obliques with a UAV, I, I doubt it would have yeah. worked just because yeah. of the shadows. Yeah. Um, and so explaining, you know, shadows seem like so silly. Well, why is that a problem? But explaining to your client, like, we're not going to get good good data in those dark spots um, yeah. and why a different technology would be better. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not quite as cheap as they were originally hoping for. Mm -hmm. um, but if the data 
is what they're concerned with, educating yeah. them on, on how we can get there. Yeah, that's that's another part of the education we've seen be, uh, I think, a challenge is, you know, it, this even goes back to the companies that are trying to just really push sales on like a UAV and, and not <laughs> explain in depth what you can do with it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people find, you know, they'll get for example, they'll have a project they need mapped. They'll ask for three quotes from three different companies. And what do they want to do? They want to go with the cheapest one. Yeah. <laughs> they may not know the difference between who had what gear and why and who suggested what method. Right. Um, so even just that education piece of like, there are 10 different types of technologies. You can use a toll station. You could use an aerial LIDAR. You could use aerial UAV. You could use a laser scanner. But what's the difference and why would you use them um, you know, because we've had people ask that they're like, why didn't you use this mobile type of data collection? Because, you know, we heard somebody say it's way faster and you're like, well, you wanted a really high accurate, you know, uh, data set because you're prefabricating steel. So you don't want the lesser accuracy. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's so, so much education, I think that needs to go into these new technologies, um, it's it's kind of hard to do though because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of areas I think to go find that information. There's not, and I, I think that's, that's something we struggle with um, because there's so many times where we want to share with other companies and other firms like how are we doing this? Let's let's work through it together. But then there's that guarded aspect of you know we've put so much time into the the R and D where you know yeah. I know a little close to the vest. Um, I think as time goes on, more and more people are going to be willing to share. Yep. Um, and you know, like even something as simple as this podcast is so great just to hear that other people have struggled with the same things as yeah. reassuring and like you can get through it and there yeah. is, there are ways. Yeah. Um, because of, you know, four years ago, that wasn't the case. It was just kind of the wild west and you're yep. out on your own trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, our goal with, um, this podcast with, uh, expanding and educating new clients. Um, you know, we, we get that question as well about, well, why are you doing these podcasts and like giving away your secrets and, you know, telling other people there's so much laser scanning work instead of just getting it yourselves. And the reason is we have found way more success in collaborating and building okay. relationships and than trying to just do everything ourselves. And, you know, because we push, you know, we push our presence online so much, we get projects all over the country and, right. and it would be way better for us to build out this network, find people who, you know, we can build relationships with and push the industry ahead by, you know, if we get a project on the East coast, instead of us taking the time to pack up and travel over and do scanning and do UAV and come back and, you know, we can provide them with the portion of collection work and we can help right. support the field work. And now we can just all get projects done faster. Um, right. You know, so we really are just trying to continue educating and, you know, provide provide a, a chance for other people to talk about what they're doing, where they're at and and, uh, you know, hope to point business to kind of everybody that's involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a great approach. And the more clients that realize that they it's accessible to them, mm -hmm. you know, these technologies are out there and it's not only somebody, uh, you know, on the East Coast that's yep. doing it. It's available everywhere. Yeah. Um, the more they'll start asking for it. Yeah. And that's that's one of the issues we've seen both ways. You know, 
We have seen scanning companies come from across the country to scan a project down the street from us <laughs> and, and vice versa. We, we, when we travel to the East Coast to do a job, you know, I, I have so many relationships with other scanning companies. I know somebody within driving distance, yeah. you know? And so the fact that clients don't know that is almost a uh, holding a limitation on the adoption of the technology because it's a lot more involved to try to find someone that you think is the only person on the other side of the country. And, you know, how much right. value does it need to bring to the project to justify versus Before they even reach out, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, yep. So we're excited to continue just kind of building out that network. Yeah. Um, so you guys have been uh, staying busy. Obviously, this is a unique time. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that we are all in. Uh, yeah, I'd love to even hear, you know, has has the technology, is there any way that it specifically has benefited um, your guys' projects or clients? I know that some of ours, like looking at laser scanning or virtual documentation, you know, across uh, even just from other companies, we've heard so many more requests for virtual data because mm -hmm. people can't travel to job sites. They need more information. Right. Um, is there anything that you guys have uniquely kind of seen, uh, you know, some of the technology benefit or, you know, be more utilized or something? Yeah, I think um, most of the engineers would do a, um, a job site visit at the beginning of a project. Um, and it could have been a group of, you know, maybe three drafting staff and a senior engineer and, a, you know, maybe a client um, representative out on site too. And so since we are flying all our new jobs, um, we've seen that number go down a little bit. And maybe it's, you know, just a senior engineer that wants to go out and identify some pain points or some areas of concern. But we don't need five people on staff to all be on the same page. That imagery and the highly detailed topo tells the story. Um, mm -hmm. And they don't have to go out in the field to see that, you know, there's a area of bad yeah. sidewalk or a you know a di that needs to be replaced yeah um so we haven't seen i mean i wouldn't say that we've seen more requests coming in sure um but the feedback from our engineering team has been that you know they don't feel like they had to go out and look at something on site because the data is so good and it's already there yeah yeah. Awesome. And as far as the UAV, I know that's what we've t spent a lot of time talking about, a big focus for you guys. Um, have you utilized both aerial LIDAR and photogrammetry type or what's your kind of... We haven't on? used aerial LIDAR yet. Okay. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I feel like we're close. Yep. Um, there's definitely been some jobs where... Um, it was the, the best way forward. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe the client just wasn't ready to take that step yet. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I feel like that's that's where the next step's gonna be for us. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, a little little worried about the, the data size for some of these jobs, but um, it, it's gonna be a fun, another fun learning, yeah. learning curve. <laughs> yes, yes, always learning curves to get through. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I'll have to ask, with the current technology that you're using, mm -hmm. um, this is kind of a, if you could fix something that's an issue or you could mm -hmm. kind of think ahead a little bit to the future. Like if you look a couple, five years down the road and a certain process of what you guys do could be automated or simplified or what's something you could see helping 
you know, integrate more into your work? Right. Um, a few companies have gotten close. Um, I'll use Pix4D for an ex- for example. Um, they they have flight software. They have post processing. Now they've come out with Pix4D Survey for feature extraction. Um, that type of uh, we're we're not using all three of those unfortunately because there's just a few little things, uh, quirky things in each one that we you know want to have different control. So we might yeah. be using a DJI product for um, flight, Pix4D for post-processing, and then virtual surveyor for feature extraction. But there's not one that's you know takes you start to finish, mm-hmm. um, and then even into a CAD environment. Yeah, um, I think that would be huge to have that start to finish workflow. And I mean, m- maybe it works for some other companies. Um, it just hasn't provided the the level yeah. we want yet. Yeah. Um, but then also, like we touched on earlier, the the sharing capabilities. Okay, you have yeah. this amazing point cloud. Now, how do I share it and make it usable for the client? Yeah. Um, even if we're just taking a project in-house for topo and engineering design, um, it's nice to be able to give the, the client like, hey, look at this, this uh, pre-construction photo. Yeah. And now we can move into construction management and we can get monthly updates yep. and fly it for you. You know, yeah. turning that into something they can use mm-hmm. um, and, and support their whole project rather than just data collection at the start. Yeah. Um, but seeing that all wrapped up into to one, which I mean, it's a pipe dream, I think. But yep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It, but it would be nice to have. Um, not have to document those little quirks of, oh, if you're using this flight software, you need to change these few little settings because it doesn't work like this other flight software that's yeah. out there. You know? Yeah. Well, and I, I just like asking and getting into challenges and ideas because, you know, so many of the hardware and software companies follow our podcast, follow our network. And we're mm-hmm. like, look at, you know, every single person's talking about this data yeah. size or this yeah. issue with software or um, so continuing to just push feedback to people. Um, I think it's it's just nice to jump into that a little bit. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. No problem. Um, let's see. I think I've mostly hit on most of the questions I had. Do you have any other thoughts or topics that you'd like to touch on? Um, just going back to, you know, that next generation of servers, yeah. I think, you know, just continuing to get out there, um, share the little things, you know, mm-hmm. share the, the silly moments on the outside, share something cool you see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I think sharing these amazing point clouds where we're getting from UAV data or LiDAR yeah. data or whatever it is, um, just continuing to share and um, just encouraging people to maybe not protect that so much and be vocal yeah. about why you're you're proud of a project. And mm-hmm. um, even if it's if it seems like oh nobody cares and nobody yeah. knows what we do, share it anyway. Yeah, um, because that's the only way people are gonna the younger generation is gonna start understanding why yeah. we do what we do and how it how it helps. Yeah, no, I agree. And and uh, you know, one new focus that we recently launched is actually helping companies with content creation and marketing strategies. And mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, you know when we started our company, we're very service focused, and of course, we're still doing that and helping clients, but. Uh, finding that one of our strengths is really like building awareness and marketing and building networks 
we we've now put a little bit of, of a shift to try to use that strength that we have to help other companies because i think in especially in the aec industry in architects and surveyors and you know a lot of them don't even have a current website they don't uh they definitely aren't active on social media uh -huh. you know s some are but i think a majority are very lacking there and i think that's an area that if you take the time to create creative material showing footage of drone flights and uh -huh. laser scanners and point clouds and then you bring those into your marketing strategy and you're putting it on your website and you're you know sending requests out to you know newer generation people that are in school for engineering and stuff right. i think that's a big mix that really could help uh build awareness and bring potential hires to firms right i think it's you know it's one of those uh long-term yeah. uh, investments if you will you're not going to see a, you know a turnaround within the next year by doing that type of stuff but long term you're if, if you get in front of the kids that are in in high school right now mm -hmm. in in eight years maybe we see a higher uh, licensed surveyor or um geomatics degree yeah. um turnout yeah it, it's the little and it's just by getting out there now talking to the the geometry classes mm -hmm. um doing the little things that just hey what is a land surveyor how do we support civil engineers yeah um what does that team look like and why is it appealing yeah i mean we're the right now we're the essential workers we're, mm -hmm. we're part of that group yeah um we're still a lot of us are working from home yep but um it's nice to have an income and have a job during this time. Yeah. And so, you know, showing them that it's exciting and where you're still adopting new technology and it's not some, just an ancient, uh, yeah. profession that's being phased out, you know, it's, yep. I think it's going to be a long road to get the numbers up, but if we yeah. all keep doing little bits, it'll make a difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you again for joining us today. No I think uh, I think it was a great conversation. I think it's going to be valuable to people that are looking into UAV. And uh, we'll definitely make sure we link your company uh, in the post and to the site so people can okay. find you. Um, and we'll hope to stay connected and maybe we'll find a chance to collaborate with you as well. I know we have uh, work going on out in California, so we yeah. always enjoy finding people to like-minded people, people, you know, ahead of the curve, working on technology to uh, partner with, so. Absolutely, thank you so much for having me. Alrighty, thank you, we'll see you again soon. Bye. 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 Reality Capture Network, bringing the future to you.